This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. tuning in Rocks to Roots listeners. This is another episode of Rocks to Roots Conservation Conversations from the Backyard to the Back 40. And today we are talking all about new stories Spokane. And so I'd like to um, introduce and welcome Roger Hudson, our guest today. Thanks for being here, Roger. Thank you. It's my privilege. (laughs) All right, Roger. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how are you connected with Spokane? Yeah, thanks, Hillary. It's uh, it really is a pleasure. Uh, I mean, thanks, Brendan. It really is a, a pleasure to be here to join you and Hillary and Brendan. Um, <clears throat> how did I get to Spokane? Well, um, I am a United Methodist minister, uh, retired at the moment by choice, um, and um, asked myself the question: You know, how do I how do I get involved meaningfully with the challenges that the world is facing? Um, and anyway, ended up in Spokane. My wife is a Texan. Uh, we have two sons. Ended up in Spokane because the bishop sent me here. Uh, but I've served Manitou United Methodist Church. I've served Covenant United Methodist Church up north um, in Wandermere. Uh, and I've served a little, little two Lutheran, uh, a Lutheran and a Presbyterian church in Wilbur. So I know small, t- and in Leavenworth as well. Oh, Washington. wow. So um, I'm kind of rooted in the Eastern Eastern Cape after having been raised in South Africa, Eastern Cape, Eastern Washington, uh, after being raised in South Africa. Um, and have really grown to love the high desert and uh, particularly this little city. So I've been here for a good 15, 20 years now. Okay. Wow. It's wonderful. 20 years. I got to ask, where where in Texas is your wife from? She's the Dallas side. A Dallas? All right. Yeah. So like actually true heart of Dallas or the outskirts Fort Worth area? No, no, actually White Rock Lake area, desert, uh, downtown, close to downtown. Well, that's Dallas, awesome. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a different uh, feel, South Africa, Dallas, and now Spokane. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I couldn't wait to get out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Texas people, but oh man, it's hot there. You don't love the the single um, digit of weather that we have there? Just brown? Just dry all the time? Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> I much prefer this. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so we are here to talk all about New Story Spokane. So go ahead and just tell us what is New Story Spokane and what is the mission behind the organization? Can I share with you a little bit of the history? Yes, please. Okay. That would okay. be great. So um, I read um, this book, and listeners can't see it, uh, but um, it's the, the children's version, Corey and the Seventh Story, uh, after having read uh, quite a bit of, uh, and the book is by jointly by Brian McLaren and Gareth Higgins. Um, and uh, uh, Brian McLaren um, is quite a, a writer. He's published a lot of books, Um Gareth uh, has recently become a friend um, and uh, just two very creative people and they're trying to get a handle on the future. And um, they wrote this story to try to illustrate the importance of stories and particularly a new story. Um, And I'd like to just share with you a quote by Ivan Illich, which is actually at the front of their book, neither revolution nor reformation can ultimately change a society 
Rather, you must tell a new powerful tale, one so persuasive that it sweeps away the old myths and becomes the preferred story, one so inclusive that it gathers all the bits of our past and our present into a coherent whole, one that even shines some light into the future so that we can take the next step. If you want to change a society, then you have to tell an alternative story. That's powerful. It's wonderful. Yeah, you know, and I think if we if we uh, listen to how we interact, uh, it's all about story. We tell stories of what we did, what we've mm-hmm. done this day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so therein is is an incredible amount of power. Um, and what gripped me about Corey in the seventh story is, is its simplicity. Um, and briefly, the story for our listeners is all about this little raccoon and his sidekick, an owl. Um, and they go through their little village and uh, Badger and a few of the other tough guys decide they want to dominate. Um, and so they work their their uh, <coughs> clandestine activity and they dominate the other animals. Uh, and, of course, everybody is miserable. <laughs> yeah. um, and the quarry and the owl are walking away at the owl flying and he says, who, 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 who's going to save us? Um, and then they experience the second story that the world lives by. So the first one was domination. The second one is revolution. The, uh, the third one is isolation, purification, accumulation, and victimization. And at each stage, as they see the consequences of one of these six stories that the world lives by, they say, the owl says, who's going to save us? But then Swift Horse arrives and he introduces the concept that there's no them or us. But there's just one great big us, and these animals all gather, <clears throat> gather around a fire, and he and he uh, prepares a banquet, um, and they just celebrate that. Yeah, you know, there's there's an alternative to the six stories, which essentially seek to divide, um, whereas the seventh story unites and everybody is welcome. Uh, but then the refrain changes from who's going to choose, who's who's going to sa- um, who's going to save us. Who will save us? Who will save us? Who will save us? No Messiah, political or spiritual, is going to come and save us. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we've got to choose to live the seventh story. So having read the story as simple as it was, I mean, it just gripped me because that's the message is, in a sense, um, um, we've got to choose to live a different way. And what's so helpful is that these six stories are named. And once they're named, you can recognize them in yourself behaviorally because, oh, man. I just behaved like I'm in the accumulation story. You know, it's all about me. It's all about my bank account, et cetera, et cetera. And so I can take a corrective action to once again choose. So it's simple uh, and helpful because it names the stories and encourages one to choose the seventh story. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how I kind of got to know the story. It just gripped me, and I felt like one of the one of the nice things is that from a spiritual point of view, I'm 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 growing to recognize that all paths lead to God. Um, and I'm in a small group where we, uh, Gareth basically encouraged people to get to get into small groups. And they say, uh, Gareth says just three questions. What's giving you life this past week? What's getting you down? What are you struggling with this past week? Um, and the third question is, have you engaged the seventh story? In other words, have you chosen to live the seventh story or not this past week? And are you willing to share? So a few of us, uh, out of which the small group, the, uh, the the New Story Festival came, a few of us have been meeting for about two, 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 two and a half to three years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so great. I found it very powerful. And the good news, the good news is this organization like uh, Spokane Conservation District <laughs> already doing seven story work. 
you know, and and so um, and those stories need to be told. They need to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. They need to be rehearsed. We need to get together in festivals, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the seventh story a little bit more for maybe those that aren't super familiar with it. So can you tell us about those six themes within the seventh story? What they yeah. are? Yeah. Um. They're they're simply uh, name wise the domination story, um, self explanatory. The revolution story. Those dominated decide. Well, we're going to revolt. Um, but then, of course, they revolt and they become the rulers. And guess what? They start dominating. You know, isolation story. Um. Um. Let's leave this place. Mm-hmm. And let's start our own little village. And then you start your own little village and, and suddenly the dominator emerges or the mm-hmm. revol- and then the revolutionary, et cetera, et cetera. Purification story um, is the story of we don't like them. You know, we've got to purify our society by ostracizing them or not letting them in or kicking them out. Uh, and we recognize it in every culture. Mm-hmm. Um, accumulation story, um, how can I have more shiny objects than others is the way the Corey in the seventh story puts it. And so, you know, maximize profit. It doesn't what I, doesn't matter what I do to nature. It doesn't matter what I do to people. I, what matters is my, my bank account. Um, and the victimization story is, um, yeah, some people, um, some, some cultures can, can, can suffer real, real abuse, uh, but live in that abuse, abuse rather than choosing to be, empowered beyond. Um, and so we don't want to get trapped in that either. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so what are some of the core principles that um, underpin the seventh story? Um, and how are, do these um, principles contribute to fostering empathy, understanding and cooperation? Yeah, I mean, the essential principle is, is um, the new story is not about competition. Mm. You know, whereas the six that. stories are rooted in competition, mm-hmm. the seventh story says it's not about me having more than you or me dominating you. Uh, it's how can we, um, as, you know, so in, in, in essence, the competitive streak that the six stories encourages um, also encourage, uh, encourage people to win. So it's a win-lose paradigm, whereas the seventh story rather approaches it from a how do we win together, a win-win paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if one includes uh, includes nature, you know, creation itself, and we know that our creation really is suffering and dying literally under our feet, um, how, um, the way we're putting it is how do we how do we live or how do we prosper? How do we profit? How do we live prosper? And there's nothing wrong with profit, you know, mm-hmm. but we like to use the term prosper. So how do we prosper by caring for people and planet? Mm-hmm. So in a sense that, you know, everybody prospers together mm-hmm. so so i think the connection hillary for 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 us in the new story is gareth um, was a guest in our house uh, for a weekend um and i said hey gareth is all very well talking about the seventh story but what does it look like you know what does it look like uh, people um, are going to want something more than oh there's this wonderful sense of love and if we all just chose to love one another the, the six stories would be marginalized and it would become the, the you know the predominant the dominant paradigm etc cetera, etc cetera. but i said what does it look like and it was at that stage that um, <clears throat> i'd done some design work um, in south africa of eco villages i'm trained in permaculture design 
Um, and we brought an Australian guy by the name of Max Lindegger out, and Max designed the Crystal Waters Eco Village in Australia. Wow. So he came out and he trained a few of us how to how to design um, an eco village, and so we were able to to purchase about eighty seven hectares, about I think it's about two hundred acres, mm-hmm. um, right on the uh, Gonubi River. Um, it's the Tosa language, um, right on the Gonubi River, overlooking the Indian Ocean. Said. And um, <clears throat> uh, gosh, there were many times that I'd go out and I'd see whales on the blue, you know, just splash down. Wow! But beautiful property with for- with 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 forests, grassland, um, troops of monkeys, you know, going through it and so on. Um, and we designed a- an eco village there. And I used this this pattern map essentially to help kind of guide us. And essentially, what this pattern map is 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 the the core principles are. Uh, a sustainable society or a conservation society is built on uh, social capital, natural capital, and economic capital. And so you can see um, <clears throat> that um, um, the way the way we phrase that is that prosperity is economic capital, natural capital is is your uh, uh, is your planet, and then social capital obviously is your is your people. So how do we prosper together by caring for planet and people? And when we're able to do that, those three circles overlap um, and become one circle. And that, in a sense, is the seventh story. That's where people prosper by caring for planet and people. uh, And that's where the Earth obviously can survive and not only survive but thrive. And we can benefit from the gift that the Earth gives us in order for us to live as a human species along with all the other uh, the other animals and insects and so on. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That. Yeah. So this is a great map to really help a person figure out that that seventh story and uh, equity, ecology, and economy, um, nature, capital, and society. Is this something that an individual would look at in order to figure out their path along the seventh uh, story to the to really uh, bring it out there to the public? Yeah, um, I think that's our, that's our vision. You know, we're a brand new little organization. Um, we are under the we are now under the financial sponsorship of Smith Barbieri uh, Progressive Fund, uh, and we we're in the process of becoming a nonprofit organization. But they're sponsoring us in the interim. Just a great organization. Wow. They've been so helpful. Um, and 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 so so what what our hope is is to is to. To, to take this pattern map, which was developed by somebody uh, at EcoTrust in, in Portland, Oregon, uh, but then to adapt it to, to the Spokane or the Inland Northwest. Um, and then if you look at this, this pattern map, and for listeners, there are, I think there are 57 bubbles around mm-hmm. the central core, uh, and each of those bubbles represent a pattern. And each of those, those bubbles kind of relate to one of the core bubbles, natural capital, economic capital, or social capital. And so um, the natural capital, one of the bubbles is uh, in order for natural capital to be cared for, one needs uh, ecological land use practices. Um, and then another bubble is one needs productive rural areas. Um, and then another one is sustainable forestry. Another one is sustainable agriculture. Another one is sustainable fisheries and ecotourism, et cetera. But, but I think that's, that's precisely what we're wanting to do. Our thought was that if we can put this, um, uh, as, as we put this, um, take this online, one can then take one's mouse, mouse and then just click on any of these bubbles. And then there's a little description of this pattern 
and one can see in terms of the entire the entire pattern map how it relates, how natural capital relates to social capital, relates to economic capital. Uh, but then underneath each of the descriptions of each of the patterns, we can put the stories. Uh, so in other words, for us, we, we're seeing this as a way to curate the seven story stories that are happening already in the inland Northwest so that these stories can be told so that more people hopefully can be encouraged and, and stimulated in order for us to, uh, more of us to begin to choose mm-hmm. the seven story. Well, I love that. So you're saying pretty much all the guests that we've had on the podcast <laughs> that are doing regenerative ag and yeah. our small farmers, uh, taking care of the land, they're already part of the story. They just need to get their part out to the rest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> precisely. And, th- and that's the wonderful thing about it, is that we don't see ourselves as, as, as doing anything new because the people doing new, like Spokane Conservation District, you know, you guys, uh, you're already here and you're doing it. Uh, all, we, all we propose to do is to take these multiple stories that can get lost in media. Mm-hmm. And put curate them in one particular place so that if somebody wants if who's, if somebody wants to choose the seventh story, say for instance in green business, they can go to that particular bubble and perhaps find a bunch of curated stories of other companies locally, not in New York or South Africa, but locally already perhaps doing um, seven story green business. That's amazing. And so, did you say that this map is? online or you're working to get it online? It's not online. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, the the funny thing, Hillary is I find it so powerful. Um, and I used it when I was in South Africa and we actually developed one for our, our own eco village just to help educate people about what an eco village is. Um, but, um, it's no, the, the eco trust one is no longer online. Oh yeah. it, It went off. So for me, a powerful tool is not available and perhaps it's because it's not localized. You know, if we could localize it with local stories, there'd be more interest. Yeah. So we hope to bring it back. You can find it archived and I can certainly give you a link to it. Okay. Uh, But it's not, not generally available anymore. We'll definitely make sure and post this um, in the socials when we get this episode out for sure. So how can individuals and communities start to really embrace the seventh story and um, integrate it to principles in their everyday lives? Yeah, um, I think people already are. That's the good news. Yes, you know, that's good. Um, having met you and Vicky, um, <laughs> both um, Debbie and I, when we left that meeting, we were just gobsmacked that we didn't know about you guys you know (laughs) the wonderful work that you're doing and we didn't even know about your brand new center so so i think that's the first celebration is that people are already doing it Mm -hmm. Um, this is not a new story in the sense that nobody has done it the 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 wonder the wonder of it all is actually that there are many people doing it Mm -hmm. Um, and and that gives me so much hope yeah. Uh, so or our challenge is simply to to find those creative innovators who, who very often are swimming upstream you know, against conventional wisdom. Uh, I mean, big business mm-hmm. can, can, I mean, you take the oil companies, you know, you take other, other, other huge businesses and it's so difficult to change them because the profits are so high in whatever they're doing, which, 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 you know, I mean, we can celebrate what they've done because they've, 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 they've helped us, you know, with our standard of living, but undeniably some changes have to happen if we're going to have a sustainable system, a sustainable earth. And so how do we move towards that? Swimming against that stream can be formidable. And so how do you, how, how can you 
continue to swim upstream to encourage society to do that which is necessary to move us in a seventh story or a sustainable direction. One of the ways that we've done is we've we've got into a small group mm-hmm. um, because um, it is difficult uh, and sometimes just on a basic human level, personal level, one needs somebody to say, hey, I stand with you, I hear you, um, keep going. Absolutely. And so those small groups, you know, and uh, we, we have one here in Spokane. Um, Gareth, uh, the, the author, um, actually says we're the strongest in the nation. Um, but we're small, you know, so it's, it's very much a fledgling, um, a fledgling movement, so to speak, that Gareth, um, together with Mike Clausen in Austin, Texas, kind of have, has, have launched. Um, and what we're doing is we're adding the pattern map. We're adding the question, Gareth, so we were talking about the seventh story, but what does it look like? So we're adding that. But getting to the small groups and those three questions uh, kind of have fed my, my heart and soul and kept mm-hmm. me going. Um, what's giving you life this past week? You know, um, what's, what's getting you down? What are you struggling with? Um, and then thirdly, have you engaged the seventh story? And if so, or not, and if so, are you willing to share how or how you've done it or how you haven't done it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, it's not, you know, it's not going to be big solutions necessarily. Um, it's going to be um, you and me and the average Jill and Joe, Joe daily getting up and saying, you know, even if it's a small little act, seven-story act, uh, collectively it'll count. And so how do I live that seven-story? And the exciting thing, I don't think I mentioned that earlier, is that with this framework, though my particularity is Christian, um, um, this small group's format enables me to meet with a Jewish person, a Muslim person, a Sikh person, a Hindu person mm-hmm. of no religion, particularly, uh, because we find, once again, around Corey's table or Swift Horse's table, everybody's welcome and everybody's equal and uh, we're in this together and we have something called, uh, you know, a common humanity and uh, we're called to live into the seventh story and not, mm-hmm. not fall captive to the six stories. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you connect with Gareth? How did I? <laughs> he, he, you're going to love meeting him um, at, at the festival. Uh, he, he is one of these guys uh, that has a wonderful sense of humor, and he's this mad Irishman. He talks with an Irish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a wonderful guy, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. So you all have a great conversation going back and yes. forth. All the women are just swooning over you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, not me, maybe him. <laughs> But um, I think I think I read the book. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I, I read a lot about Gareth, uh, about uh, uh, Brian McLaren, um, uh-huh. his books, um, and then I stumbled across this one. Um, and when I was in South Africa, I did quite a bit of peacemaking um, in the apartheid years um, in a very violent uh, kind of context amongst the Zulu tribe. So. Uh, <clears throat> Gareth uh, has actually been to South Africa, but uh, he grew up in the Troubles during, in Ireland during the Troubles, um, and he's been very active in peacemaking and peace education and so on. So when I read that connection to him, I said, I've got to read this guy. Uh, and I stumbled across this simple book. And then, of course, it's not just the simple book. Then There's also a book called The Seventh Story, Us, Them, and the End of Violence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a part of The Seventh Story, is The Seventh Story is a, is, is a commitment to nonviolence. You know, violence does not work mm-hmm. um, uh, in the long run. Which is first or which influences which? Storytelling or perception? Does perception influence storytelling or does storytelling influence perception? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Because I, I feel like that's kind of 
what it's saying, right? It's 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 yeah. how you perceive a thing. Um, if you perceive doing the right thing as the best for you, your family, the next people, generations on and on, you're gonna you're gonna do that right thing. And then the seventh story is it getting out there, of course, and people hearing what you're doing. If I'm kind of getting this right, yeah, yeah. I think I think I mean the seventh story is just the way of 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 love, ultimately. You know, where we accept each other um, and build each other up and uh, care for each other and so on. Um, and as we commit to 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 those behaviors, we have stories to tell. Uh, and very and 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 unfortunately, those stories haven't been. You know, I come from a country that was so fractured by mm-hmm. racism, apartheid. I grew up under apartheid, um, and but I continually heard this alternative story that we didn't have to, you know, be at each other's throats and so on. So how do we? So I guess. I don't know. You know, we just tell stories maybe. And if the story is associated with love, it's a seven story type of story, maybe. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I love this theme of storytelling because, I mean, we're here doing a podcast and it really is so that we can bridge that gap to the community by sharing all of these leaders, growers, you know, influencers um, stories and giving them hope that there's great work being done out there. And so I love all of this theme. I really, these are beautiful books. And so I want you to talk a little bit more about the books. So did you recreate these? So you have a child, a children's book and then more of an adult um, book, but did you recreate these? Did new story Spokane or no, no. Oh, okay. No, I just read them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. And was so inspired by them, Hillary, that, yeah. um, <clears throat> the new, the new story Spokane, I said to Gareth, he, you know, they'd, they'd led a, um, um, I think two consecutive, uh, over two years, they'd led a new story festival in Austin. Texas. Oh, okay. And I think the second one was kind of the first year of, of COVID. Uh, so it was a bit of a bust, and then they tried to transition to to an online festival, and of course that, that that's so challenging. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got involved then and met the local organizer, co-founder in Austin of the New Story Festival called Mike Kloss, and then he will be with us at the festival here in Spokane Wonderful. as well. But um, uh, I just, I just, yeah, I got involved, and I said to them, I said, "Hey guys, any chance of a just a festival in Spokane?" And and yeah, one thing led to another, and. We got one planned. Yeah. How did you pick up the book? How did that come about? Um, you know, I do a lot of reading, Hillary. Um, <clears throat> and I think a reference led me to one of the books. And okay. So I just ordered it online and, and read it. And next thing we were inviting Gareth, he's written a subsequent book. Uh, uh, as a man who grew up in the Troubles, he describes many a time when uh, um, fear was real for, for him and, and the Irish people. Um, and the subject of his second book is how to how how to live without fear, mm-hmm. uh, or or something to that that effect. And so we actually invited him to come and speak, um, uh, and and we did a book launch for him here in the Spokane area. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and then while he was staying with us, we said, "Hey, how about a festival?" And that's where we introduced the pattern map to him. Wow. Um, and. Uh, um, yeah. So, and I think it's what you guys are, are excited about as well. And what you're doing with your podcast is uh, it's all about telling the stories mm-hmm. because that's, that's the great news. You know, we can get so cynical. We can get so despondent. <laughs> mm-hmm. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, no, there's so many people, so many people doing and organizations doing good work. I mean, look at the number of sponsors, just like you observed, mm-hmm. Brendan. Yeah, all of these wonderful organizations doing great work saying, hey, yeah, we'd love to be a part. Heck yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Dwayne. That's that's weird. Dwayne. Over. Sorry. It's I just okay. edit that. <laughs> He's got Sorry, it. Sorry, Dwayne. I've done that too many times. It's all too good. Yeah. yeah. No, Sorry I, about that. A personal story here. Sorry. Uh, I love that you say that. We were, uh, me and one of the guys, one of the interns from the farm, um, all vets and everything else. So we were out hiking and I noticed that I was in that that mental state of perception or, or storytelling. And I'm telling my buddy as we're hiking my story and I'm just negative, negative, negative. And it was kind of like out in nature. All of a sudden I started to relax and I realized that that was the route I was going. And I drew back for a second. I told him, dude, I, I apologize. This is just where my mindset is at. And I finished off my story to get it off my shoulders. And then I switched though, switched gears. And this, this, this guy, Kyle, he's, he's an amazing gentleman. He's getting stuff done, figuring out his life, doing everything. And so we just started talking about how he's working cattle, how he's going to California to help other growers and farmers. And all of a sudden it was just uplifting. And it, it did, it turned more into a, a, a more, you know, people might frown on it or whatever, but more of a loving type conversation where it's just, you know, two dudes walking through, just talking about the good things in life versus complaining about the bad. And we both left, just re-energized, revigorized and went on. It was great. Yeah. 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 I catch myself in the same kind of mood sometimes, you know, and, and, and this little simple story just reminds me, Hey, you got to choose. Yeah. Choose. I love that. Choose the seven story, choose the kind act, the kind word, the, the positive action or whatever. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. (laughs) I can be really cynical. (laughs) Well, and I absolutely love the children's book. The illustrations in there are just fantastic. I mean, and just along with the story itself, where can people find these books? So they will be for sale um, at the festival. So okay. let me encourage uh, you listeners, if this gets out before the festival, yes. uh, do join us at the festival. And I'll tell you about somebody else that will be there that you've just got to come and listen to. He, he is one of the most humble uh, scientists um, doing cutting-edge work in terms of sustainability that I, that I know of. Um, but uh, so it'll be for sale. Uh, Gareth will be there and he can. I'm sure he'll sign them as well if, if you're interested in that. Uh, but you can go online. Um, okay. Just just Google the seventh story, which is the adult version, um, um, and that'll actually take you to both. But the title of the the children's book um, is Corey and the Seventh Story. So the seventh story and Corey and the Seventh Story. Okay. Well, let's jump into the festival. Oh, Tell cool. us all about it. Okay. It's coming right up. <laughs> so um, what I'm excited about the festival is. One of the speakers is Michael Smith, and he's a local man, um, local in the sense that he's in Kalispell, Montana. Um, and he, he was featured in the movie The Need to Grow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen The Need to Grow. That was good, yes, right? it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, inspiring, wasn't it? So yes. You've, you've seen him and, and heard him. Um, but, yeah, for the listeners, if you haven't heard um, or haven't seen the movie, Michael um, is, is a scientist, and he developed something called the Earth Power Lodge. Uh, and this was built, you see it on the movie, and you can Google um, the need to grow and uh, you can actually watch the entire movie. And I think halfway through is where his work is featured. But the Earth Power Lodge um, essentially produces and the three, um, the th- three things, power, f- uh, fuel, fertilizer, and food. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a totally sustainable way. So how it works essentially is that um, a, a lot of the forest b- 
byproducts or waste uh, are fed into some kind of a combustion chamber, uh, something he calls the dragon. Um, <laughs> it then obviously produces CO2, but it's, 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 it, there's no oxygen inside, so the wood doesn't combust. It, uh, you make biochar out of it, and biochar in and of itself is a good soil amendment. Um, but then he feeds that CO2 into um, raceways uh, of about eight inches of water deep, and there's little paddle wheels, and they just go back and forth inside basically a sunroom. Um, and he grows algae uh, in these, uh, and with, with the infusion of carbon, that algae just explodes. Uh, and so the rate of growth is phenomenal. Then he 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 bioferments, and I'm going to get all these scientific because I'm not a scientist <laughs> terms wrong. So forgive me for the, you scientists out there. Uh, but he he bioferments uh, or bioprocesses the the algae, and then mixes the algae with the biochar, making a soil regenerative fertilizer that is almost second to none, apparently. Um, and so you're producing fertilizer. Um, and of course, that fertilizer um, can be used to produce organic food. Um, and and he has a huge lodge in which he can grow banana trees and pawpaw trees in the middle of a Montana winter. You know, um, um, and Amazing. the byproduct is 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 electricity. Um, and I think the size of the unit that he built, the first unit that he built, uh, which burned down, um, uh, but it could power a hundred homes with electricity. So, oh, wow. you know, his vision is just phenomenal because he says you can plug this into multiple scenarios. And he's already um, got an agreement um, with a company that buys fruitfall, you know, seconds um, that can't be sold in the supermarket shelves. Mm. Uh, and then they freeze dry it using electricity. And then, of course, that becomes a product to sell. But the, the, the electricity used is, is basically free from this whole process. Uh, so Michael will be there and he has two sessions. Um, and he'll show a movie for those who haven't seen the facilities, um, but then obviously he'll he'll share all kinds of information. But he's just got back from Bosnia, um, where he met with some AI students. Uh, and the the essential thing is that he is he is building what he calls. And once again, I'm going to get the scientific terms all wrong, but he's building his approach is or he he says we don't need artificial intelligence, we need natural intelligence. Mm -hmm. And we need, in fact, we have natural intelligence. The wisdom of the universe is there. All we've got to learn as humans is to plug into it so that we don't destroy it. Um, and so he's, he's developing uh, some kind of natural intelligence engine. Um, and everything that he does is, is uh, the, the Earth Power Lodge is kind of fitting in with natural intelligence. Um, and so he's got some great thoughts on artificial intelligence as well, which is nothing that I've actually heard online or seen or read online as well. So Yeah, yeah I'm so. definitely excited to see him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's among uh, many of the speakers that you're going to have at the at the New Story Spokane Festival. Uh, why is it important for our community to come and, and join uh, this festival? I mean, you can probably tell I'm excited about oh, the seventh yeah. story. You know, um, I find it so energizing. And what energizes me is is not the story, but it's the creative people like yourselves and the creative organizations already doing it. So why attend? Um, I I would say that if anybody is 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 um, um, overwhelmed by the polarized climate that we live in today. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, if anybody is afraid uh, about climate change, you know, are we as a human species going to be able to make the necessary choices? Um, uh, 
come along, come to the festival, uh, and you'll hear stories um, all revolving around the uh, the core concept of how do we prosper, natural uh, uh, economic capital, how do we prosper together by caring for planet and people. Um, we'll hear we'll 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 hear a good story, a new story as told by the by the the storyteller uh, Gareth Higgins. Um, we'll hear guys like Michael Smith, the the scientist. We've got a great singer songwriter, Sarah Thompson is her name, um, and the words of her songs are just beautiful. So it's going to be a real festival. But but for me, the most important part uh, are not the people who are coming in from outside. It's actually going to be the people, local people, who are there. Because these are the these are the innovators um, who are swimming upstream, uh, actually doing the seventh story work that will build uh, a sustainable future. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. And so, New Story Spokane Festival is happening May nineteenth and twentieth, and it's at the Hemmingson Center um, at Gonzaga University. Um, how can people register? Um, Eventbrite. Okay. So I think if they went to Eventbrite um, <clears throat> or just Google um, Seven Stories Spokane. Okay. And uh, they should be able to find our website and then also find the link. We're also on Facebook. So if they went onto their Facebook page um, and did a search for Seven Stories Spokane or Seven Story Festival, mm-hmm. um, they would find us there as well. Okay. Otherwise, uh, just show up um, at the door and uh, we'll sell you a ticket. <laughs> And is this is this kind of a structured? There'll be a speaker every hour or so, or do you just kind of walk around and talk and see what's going on? Yeah, no, we do have a schedule. Um, so we'll begin with um, Warren Sailor um, of the in, uh, the um, Spokane Tribe, and Warren will <clears throat> help us um, understand the the seven story vision of the tribes. You know, to bring the salmon back uh, to the uh, the Spokane River. Um, and so he'll lead the, the festival off um, in an appropriate way. And then we'll hear Gareth, the storyteller. Um, we'll we'll, we'll um, also hear Sarah. Sarah is going to be woven through the entire itinerary. Um, and then on the Saturday, so we start at 4 o'clock on the Friday at the Hemmingson Center at Gonzaga, and then we return on Saturday, um, and the entire day is broken up with some plenaries, uh, Michael Smith, everybody will listen to, but then some breakout groups as well, led by local people. Um, and so Joel Williamson will be there mm-hmm. uh, talking about, you know, the cooperative model uh, for businesses here in Spokane. And I was amazed once again, I didn't realize how many businesses are emerging through that co-op, you know, um, Link Foods, um, you know, will uh, will be representative as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, the co-op model, Brendan, um, is 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 so so much a part of this pattern map. If you if you look at the social capital, mm-hmm. um, or or rather economic capital, <clears throat> it talks about local economies. You know, and local assets, rather than having these big multinationals come in and lo- and own our assets, we need, mm-hmm. we need to own our assets. I love that. Yeah. So the co-op model. I mean, I'm so inspired by it and what they're doing on the grassroots level, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, you're, I can add you to my list of heroes then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. So, the, I mean, the lineup of speakers is just fantastic. When you were putting together the agenda and the lineup of speakers, what was, like, your main thoughts or focus? Like, because you really go across the board. I mean, sustainable agriculture, social equity, um, cultural preservation. I mean, 
How did all of those themes come together for you? Yeah, Hillary, that's the value of the pattern map. Uh -huh. You know, um, and I think that's also the challenge of sustainability. Very often the average person like myself can get totally lost. What sustainability means you've got to do this, 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 and this. There's so many moving parts. And, and so we give up, you know, whereas the pattern map says, look, here are 57. And it's just essentially a map. It's not the map. It's just mm -hmm. a suggested framework to think about sustainability with its multifaceted, you know, components. Um, and so we just looked at the pattern map and, 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 and the more we looked at it, we said, wow, um, um, <clears throat> one of the one of the patterns is rural urban linkages. Gosh, that's grain shed. You know, oh, they're yes. these guys uh -huh. who start growing these ancient grains and they need a market. So they start a bakery pub, you know, um, and now you can buy purple Egyptian barley bread and purple Egyptian barley beer um, at, uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a local establishment that links specific farming farmers in the Palouse with a grain shed. Um, and so, so, so rural urban linkages, but grain shed illustrates not just that pattern, but also they, they, they illustrate, um, under natural capital, sustainable agriculture, because Don Shulman is out there, you know, um, taking us back to, to, to growing, uh, in a way that, that, re, um, regenerates the soil mm -hmm. and ultimately the building block of civilization, mm -hmm. you know, is soil. When the soils played out in North Africa, the Roman empire was in trouble. You know, so we got to take care of our soils, and Don is doing it together with a, you know, obviously a bunch of folks at at Wazoo. So how how did we decide on the very various speakers? Um, we just looked at the pattern map, um, and that's that's the value of the pattern map mm -hmm. is it says, okay, sustainability is difficult, but actually, this is it right here, and so it 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 provides a simplified, not a simplistic, but a simplified framework understanding the uh, the different components of productivity and the more we looked at it we said okay green building wow catalyst building you know cross laminated timber it's a high rise it's three or four four buildings high let's see we couldn't get a speaker from them unfortunately uh, and so we just went and we said okay we could actually illustrate the um the the uh, the pattern map by inviting the speaker and the speaker and the speaker. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very thankful for this tool because we'll be using this for the <laughs> podcast as well as yeah. we're booking speakers. Well, yeah. I mean, and I know that we've already had several people, you know, on the podcast that definitely, yeah. you know, fit into these bubbles. So it's it's really, really great. And it's in fact, a great piece yeah, of work. I think what, what I would love to do <clears throat> is we don't want to own it. It's not going to be Seven Stories Spokane's, you know, um, patent map. Um, just as we see on this festival, all these sponsors and endorsers. Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, let's make it a collaboration because ultimately that's what the seventh story is. Yes. It's just this collaborative approach rather than mm -hmm. this competitive approach to life. And the more we collaborate and work together, the, the, the better we can we can live the seventh story, you know, uh, and everybody can prosper while caring for planet and people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, like, sound like a stuck record, don't I? it's <laughs> no, great the message is so good and this map is like if i was to upload it or scan it free just to disperse as much yeah. as possible yeah i believe oh, so right. sweet yeah I, we got permission from i think the, the originator was the developer was a guy by the name of cone um, and i contact contacted him from south africa and he said oh sure use it just just give us credit you know eco trust portland um, and then we also used one when I was in Seattle. Um, so I think, yeah, they, it's a tool they want people to, to use. Oh, I love that. That actually yeah. fits in with its own model. Cause if you were to say, it, you know, 
we're going to prevent you from sharing it. It would have been a little counter yeah. intuitive. We own this. So we've got to get a 20% profit. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that would be a vision maybe we can, we can chat about is, you know, how do we collaborate to get it online? Because as, as you were saying, we're going to use this. Let's, let's, yeah. let's make oh, it available. So valuable. Yeah. Very valuable. So we have this fabulous festival coming up. Again, May 19th and 20th, you mentioned that you have um, a smaller group that you meet with um, to talk about the seventh story. Um, what are some other ways that News Story Spokane um, is interacting with the local community um, and just others to get, spread this message? Yeah, very limited um, mm -hmm. at this point because we're so new, Hillary. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I guess our first uh, big venture is the festival. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of our our coming out uh, event uh, is Exciting. the festival. Um, and we'll probably say something about the small groups. Um, and gosh, if that's a model, and once again, Gareth just puts it out there, you know, um, if other people are feeling like we did, you know, just overwhelmed by the, the, the monolithic challenges facing us in the society. So it's brilliant just a support group. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you feeling today? How are you, you know, or this week, you know, man, what's giving you life? What's getting you down? So we can help people start little groups if if that's where they need to begin. Um, and then just little things, you know, how do you, how do you get onto the seventh story, uh, the new story track? It's not new. Yeah. As, mm -hmm. as, and that's the wonderful thing is that it's happening around us. Um, go and buy bread from the grain shed. You know, yeah. um, go and buy a beer from Teddy at the downtown grain shed, mm -hmm. um, uh, et cetera. Find those, uh, Mariah uh, McKay, you know, starting uh, an alternative business association, uh, doing incredible work to empower local businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's, let's buy local. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying intentionally now to find out where those local businesses are right. so that I can spend my money there rather than um, at those stores, which just suck our money out of Spokane. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, should be, it should be benefiting us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We vote with our dollar every single day. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I would say, you know, um, <clears throat> there's probably creativity in each of these folk that you're asking that question on behalf of. Um, who knows with a, with a small group and with a, a wider group, a festival kind of atmosphere as well. Um, maybe others will be encouraged um, mm -hmm. to, to, to tap their own ideas and skills and yeah. you know, creativity. Well, I'm, I'm really excited. Is Gareth from Spokane? No. Oh, okay. No, no. no. no he, uh, he's in, I think it's North Carolina. Oh, okay. But, but I think also half, half, uh, of the year is in Ireland. Uh -huh. Half of it is in, okay, in, in yeah. the USA. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping also that <clears throat> we'll bring, he, he leads retreats. So we're hoping oh, okay. um, the last time I spoke to him on phone, I said, hey, Gareth, maybe we can get you after the festival to to lead a retreat for us over here as well. Um, nice. And it's very much, you know, it's very much a heart approach, um, mm -hmm. hence story. Um, and and I think we, we, we Westerners have got to get out of our heads and out of, um, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think we've been so dominated by our, by our cerebral approach to planning and to business, et cetera, et cetera. Somehow we've got to restore balance and integrate heart and head once again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that you say that on the farmer side. I'm sorry, but yeah, we're going by the book at all times. It's like, this is the way you do it. This is the spacing, get it done. 
then every once in a while, you know, somebody's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to grow loofahs all of a sudden. <laughs> and literally we have loofahs growing and doing great. It's time to up on keeping the greenhouse. But yeah, just getting out of your head and doing what your heart tells you to do and yeah. just saying, let's have some fun. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So are you a vet? Oh, uh, yes, sir. Doing yes, sir. That? Are you? Okay. Oh, great, man. Great. Yeah, and part, you're of with... a, part of an organization with the Spokane Conservation District called Vets on the Farm. Right. And uh, yeah, we help uh, veterans get into agriculture. So one of our crazy guys, you know, I'm sorry, not crazy. One of our wonderfully beloved individuals, <laughs> <laughs> he just decided, you know what? We need to grow everything in the South because why not? We're, we're in the North. We can do this. And it's been fun. <laughs> that is so neat. That is so neat. Yeah, Vicky and Jeff. Hillary mentioned it. I, I'd love to get out there sometime. Oh, anytime. We'd be, yeah. uh, we'd love to show you around. Cool. Cool. We'll plan on that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I love going up to the farm. Really? Such a feel good cool. <laughs> place. So what is on the horizon for new story Spokane? I mean, obviously you have the festival, but long term, any long term goals for new story Spokane, the organization? Um, I mean, the short answer um, is obviously, gosh, how do we grow the seventh story and include more people? Because it is it's, it's exciting and it's an alternative to the six stories and the six stories are just you know, mind numbingly. Yeah. Um, um, so, so I don't know. I mean, the other answer is, is I, I really don't know. Um, and so our group will just continue to, mm -hmm. to try to live it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we're getting, you know, we, we gained a, a new member the, recently who's joined our small group, Debbie Stempf, um, which is a local lady. Um, and so we'll just, we'll just see where it goes. But we our, our 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 primary agenda is with within our abilities and means. How do we live the seventh story? And I think as we look organizationally, as we 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 become a nonprofit shortly, Gonzaga Law Law Department is actually mm -hmm. kind of managing that that legal process for us, and it'll be completed next year. Um, so we'll get become a nonprofit uh, in Spokane. Um, we, we're organizing the festival now. Hopefully that'll. That'll help us link with uh, seven-story uh, entrepreneurs that are already active. Um, but I think the next big thing, if we want to serve uh, the community, is maybe the website mm -hmm. where we put this up, and all the wonderful, you know, uh, podcasts that you guys have already done. You know, and I've listened to a few of them. You know, I mean, uh, we could curate that on this collaboratively owned um, new story, uh, sorry, uh, uh, pattern, pattern map. Um, and then as people dig into green business and, you know, you've interviewed maybe, uh, it's, in other yeah. ways, it'll be a resource to, to put your stuff out there, but not yours alone. Cause there's so many other organizations as well. So this way we can, we can tell the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that's the next step is how do we, how do we serve Spokane best, um, with this, with this very exciting, um, and I think insightful way of, of saying, Hey, there's another way. Mm-hmm. Well, and the website is fabulous already. I oh, mean, right. it's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely took a look. Um, is it newstoriespokane.org? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you can go there and learn even more all about the festival. Um, but yeah, it's a fabulous website. And I think that's a great, great idea is having that for a Sorry, resource. Hillary, it's newstoryfestival.com oh, okay. slash Spokane. Oh, okay. So it will take you to the Austin uh, home page um, if it's just newstoryfestival.com. Okay. But if you add the Spokane, then it'll take you to that page of the, the national um, 
uh, website. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And then you mentioned Facebook. Um, so facebook.com slash news story Spokane. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so kind of, kind of wrapping up a little bit, um, what advice do you have for individuals or groups, um, you know, who are passionate about making a difference in their communities and, you know, taking on this venture such as you have with New Story Spokane and the festival, what is, what's some advice you'd have for them? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, Hillary. Uh, you know, reflecting on that question in a personal sense, um, I think there was just this dissatisfaction within me. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognized that there were um, such huge challenges facing humanity, um, and I felt overwhelmed by it. I also felt like my current occupation really wasn't helping me um, come to terms or, or begin to address those challenges in a meaningful way. Um, and so I had to kind of risk and I, I took a year of, of, uh, discernment and then decided to say, okay, I, am going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take early retirement, mm-hmm. um, and just throw myself into, into a passion I have, um, and risk. So I think that's part of it is if one wants to be a part of an alternative story, the seventh story, um, and not allow the six stories, uh, to, to imprison you. Uh, because it does, it 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 it, it kills your spirit um, over time. Um, <clears throat> there's just no doubt about it. one has to risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, we fortunately, my wife and I uh, are in a position where I could do that because obviously I took a salary cut from some, whatever it was to zero. <laughs> um, yeah, but we were able to do it, and we've had to kind of make some adjustments there. But oh my goodness, I wake up every morning and I just say to my wife, and she gets so tired of me now, <laughs> I love my life <laughs> because, because I'm doing what I love yes. you know, and what I feel called to. Um, and so maybe I think that's the biggest insight mm-hmm. that I would share is, is, you know, is there, is there a passion that you have, you know, and are you willing to risk? Uh, and don't, don't do it recklessly, but, you know, do it in a considered way that doesn't compromise um, uh, your security or anything like that. Um, but risk is a, is a major part of it. We've and and so essentially is gosh. And then little things. You know, even if you aren't able to make that big decision, um, uh, what are the little things that you can do? Buy local. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only uh, eat organic or eat local food. Link foods. I mean, we subscribe to Link Foods. We get our box every second week, and you know, I'm learning how to cook stuff that I've never cooked in my <laughs> life before, you know, but I know it's healthy. Um, and I know that my money is, is going to local farmers. So mm-hmm. that's living the seven story, as you say, you know, yeah. how we spend our dollars. It's the little things. And I think the other, the other part, and I think this is the big thing that I miss having moved out of, uh, uh the church is I miss community mm-hmm. and what has replaced community is the small group that mm-hmm. we call it the porch circle. So that's the seven story kind of my seven story group. It's a porch circle and we just, you know, and that's become my community. So that's the other thing I would say. Don't don't step out on your own. Find a group of mm-hmm. people, a group of peers <clears throat> that you can that you can walk with because you'll have to answer those questions sometime. What's getting you down? Because struggles struggles do come. It's just part of life. And community friends kind of help us get through those those tough times. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Wonderful message. Well, Roger, we are so excited for New Story Spokane Festival. We can't wait. Don't just to mention it again. It's coming up May 19th and 20th. 
um, go online, um, get your tickets there. We'll make sure and link um, the Eventbrite ticket link below um, this and in this podcast posting. Um, but yeah, great stuff. We're really, this is such a wonderful conversation and I'm feeling uplifted. <laughs> you I know, I was a little cranky earlier today <laughs> and this is great. I mean, you got to have a new perspective on it. So, well, Roger, before we let you go, we always have to do a little bit of a spitfire round just so our listeners oh, get to know you this. a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so you ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, finish the sentence. When you are not working, you can find me in the garden. In the garden. Yeah. Tell us about your garden a little bit more. Well, I'm trained in permaculture design, so <clears throat> I um, am putting in a um, a permaculture system uh, in my side yard. Wonderful. Um, but man, um, it's been slow going because we have moose that regularly come oh. through, um, and so I've had to put in eight, you know eight foot fences to keep them out, um, and and lots of deer and turkeys and so on. So that's been a a real kind of a break on 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 getting the thing established. But anyway, the permaculture design system, and and uh, you know, it's it's wonderful to wake up in the morning and just go and feed the chickens. Um, and the whole idea is sustainability. Mm -hmm. So if your system needs it, your system produces it. And so a chicken needs food. So, okay, how are you going to grow food? And so I put in an alfalfa bed and it was just so nice as spring began to emerge out of winter to see the, the perennial, which is alfalfa, beginning to grow as a gift of, of the earth. You know, I didn't have to reseed it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now I go out in the morning and my routine is just to grab a whole a whole bunch in my hand and cut cut it and feed the chickens, you know. And uh, I'm building kind of a chicken tractor system um, where in the, uh, <clears throat> in, the, in the soil over which the chicken tractor will stand, you dig a hole and you put a 40-gallon drum um, and you punch holes in it and you fill that with mulch. Um, and that'll become an insect and an earthworm breeder box. And so as you move, as I move my tractor, I have a two compartment one, move my tractor back and forth. Um, all I do is take the lid off of this buried drum and then take, you know, eight to 12 inches of, of mulch out and throw it into the chicken system. And they eat all the, in, the bugs and the earthworms and they get their protein for the day. Um, uh, and so, and, 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 you know, I've got a, a pear tree and an apple tree that from one rootstock, you're getting five species. Of, pl of plums and 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 apples and pears, um, and so it you know permaculture is an intentional way of just making the appropriate connections between mm -hmm. the different design elements in a way that you generate no waste um, and anything that the system needs is is produced by the system. And so um, part of our challenge from a spiritual point of view is we've got to stop seeing humanity as the very center of creation. We're at the center, but we're not alone at the center. We're with the minerals, we're with the plants, we're with the animals, insects, birds, we're with other humans, you know, but we're also there with, uh, with the angels and with mystery itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so going into the garden, for me, that's, that's connecting to the very life force, which, which is God. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. You know, and oh, it's simple, sounds it's, amazing. It's well, not yet. It'll, it'll eventually be. It takes time, and that's one of the principles, you know, of of permaculture design is think incrementally um, because it takes it takes a while for a tree to grow. 
Mm-hmm. So, but over time, you know, eventually you'll get a mature system, and that is just a joy to walk into because it's just food, yeah, and a gift of the earth, you know, yeah, yeah. So we must talk about vets on the farm. <laughs> what I can learn from you guys? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think we'll be learning from you. Um, okay. So, what dish do you miss the most from South Africa? You know, there's <clears throat> there's there's a dish called pop. And vors, and vors uh, is a, a sausage, um, which is beef basically, uh, but it's kind of a local recipe, um, and I haven't been able to taste anything like it over here. And you, you usually we call it bryflace, but you barbecue it over an open fire, um, and then pop is 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 corn ground up um, and made into um, uh, kind of a substance which you then can 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 squash. Mm. Into into a little handball, and you can dip that into a great gravy. So pop and vorse. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Not many would know about that. One. <laughs> uh, Roger, what's the first car you ever drove? Wow, you know, ever drove? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I could tell you which one I the first or, one I ever owned. Yeah, owned. It was a '68 Chevy Camaro. Nice. Oh my goodness! When I arrived in the USA back in '76. I saw the Chevy Camaro and just fell in love with it, but I could never yes. afford it. Eventually, I was able to buy an old 68, you know, and it was 10 years old. And um, and, and it wasn't the V8, unfortunately. I would have loved to have done it. All I could afford was a three-on-the-floor uh, straight six. But, man, I love that car. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But now um, I've turned my back on oil, oh. <laughs> big oil. <laughs> And I drive electric now, and that just gives me such a kick, you know. My wife drives to Cheney. She's a principal there. Oh, And so she drives. um, And to to look at the gas bill every month and to know that it's not going to support the oil companies gives me such pleasure. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) And please, no phone calls, folk. (laughs) (laughs) What's a fear that you've... uh conquered and replaced with the loving seventh story risking mm. risking i've i've always played it safe uh Dwayne, uh all my life um and i've had this passion all my life as well i've been teaching permaculture designing eco villages um but never really able to kind of step out and say okay come what may i'm gonna I'm going to do this full time and I'm not going to be distracted uh, by career or anything else. Uh, So I finally, yeah, finally grew up and was willing to risk to follow my passion. I love that. That was a great question, Dwayne. Great question. All right. And final question for you, Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Oh, I'm a Beatles guy. Yes, one for Beatles. <laughs> I think Vicky said that. I, I'm a Beatles I girl. I listened to hers and she was a Rolling Stone yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well, Roger, this was such a fantastic conversation. Thank you so, so much for coming on to Rocks to Roots. Um, make sure that you guys go and check out the New Story Spokane Festival. Um, again, we'll put the link down in the chat. And uh, make sure you uh, comment, let us know how you like this episode, and we'll be back with you for another episode real quick, real soon. <laughs> well, thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, Brendan. So, so nice to have met you guys. And thanks for the work that you guys are doing, honestly. I, it's part of the joy for me is meeting seven story people like you, yeah. doing seven story stuff. 
Well, well thank you, Rod. It's our we pleasure. Appreciate it. <laughs> Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.